1: Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for
2: add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.
0: You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio.
1: Hour two on this Tuesday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Jalen Hurts, former Alabama-Oklahoma quarterback, now the starting quarterback for McLovin's Philadelphia Eagles. He'll join us coming up. Also, Darius Rucker. Miami Dolphins apologists will stop by. We'll recap college football with Greg McElroy, the former Alabama quarterback. He was on the call for Notre Dame and Florida State, the game that went into overtime. Best and worst of the weekend. Weren't here yesterday. We'll bring it back today. We'll give you our best and worst of the weekend. Coming up, your phone calls, 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address is dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at show. All new season of the Peacock original comedy, AP Bio, streaming now. Class back in session. Even more, not to learn. Don't miss the great new season or binge the entire series from the beginning only on Peacock. Go to PeacockTV.com. Sign up now. Believe it or not, it's time for NFL fans and fantasy players to start studying the injury report closely because the season arrives in two days. And now you have the injury-slash-COVID list because players are going into protocols. They could miss substantial time this season. And we learned over the weekend the Cowboys star offensive lineman Zach Martin went on the COVID list and more than likely will miss Thursday's season opener against the Buccaneers. You want to be at full strength facing Tampa, that defensive front, that entire defense. Just ask Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Chiefs, But, you know, the bigger issue is how the COVID rules are going to play out from week to week. And there's a good chance a starting quarterback will have to sit out a game at some point. Even with the extra game this year, the season is short. Each game means so much. Teams can't afford to lose players even for a week. And they say the NFL season is a war of attrition. That battle could be a lot more complicated this year as teams try to deal with a new set of rules, keeping their players on the field. Uh, Adam Schefter said that Zach Martin will not play Thursday. Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, said there's an outside chance that Zach Martin will play against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We'll uh, settle on a poll question for hour two, McLovin. and we are going to use the same one we had in hour one?
2: Well, hour one was who had the worst loss of the weekend. LSU ran away with that one. Um, I do want to. I have a Cowboys poll, but I can save it for after Jalen Hurts because I know the. Uh, you know. No, you can you can give it to us. Okay. Yeah. Zach Barnett, are the Cowboys trending up right now or trending down right now?
1: Well, they're always trending because they're the Cowboys. Right. I don't know if they they trend. They trend even when they're not good.
2: I feel like they were trending up. These hard knocks was a relative success. It was just fine. Dak's going to play.
1: you know what would help them trending up is winning? But they get more publicity than all the teams combined, it feels like.
2: Winnings irrelevant. We're still going to talk about them.
1: We will, and their value continues to skyrocket. But, you know, there's a lot of questions there. Uh, you know, if Zach Martin doesn't play, that defense is really good. Uh, Zeke Elliott, he always looks like he's in the best shape of his life every training camp. You got the Dak Prescott questions, and and now how much are you asking of him? He was a great story when he wasn't making 40 million dollars. Now when you start to make that kind of money, that's when we go, okay, let's put up the numbers here. Now you become a pass-first team because it used to be when, when Dak first started out, the uh, teams were trying to put the Cowboys into those you know, third and long, that they wanted to put Dak into an obvious passing situation. Now it feels like they're going to be a little bit more proactive with passing first down or second down. Not necessarily waiting to third down, and you do have the weapons there. You got wide receivers, but uh, you know, the Cowboys are always going to trend. Yeah, I'm pulling.
3: They were 0 and four in the preseason. In a preseason with only three weeks of games, I don't even know how they did that. <laughs> Cowboys was 0 and four in the preseason. Yeah,
1: they lost the <laughs> Hall of Fame game. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Uh, Peter King has his Super Bowl pick. Uh, don't know if anybody's looked at it. McLovin famously always tries to cheat and find out something.
2: Does do you know Peter King's Super Bowl? No. Pit? Okay. He gave us a clue in his last interview here. All right. Paulie, uh,
1: did you happen to look? I did not. Okay. Fritzy? I did not look. Okay. So in other words, nobody read Peter King's <laughs> column. Is that what you're saying? See, uh, you baited us. This, wow. I got you. This was wow. this was a trick. That's not cool. This man. was a trick. <laughs> it was sneaky. Yeah. Well. Wait till you tell Peter King, Fritzy, when you book him next time.
4: Oh, you want me to come on, but you have no idea what the topics are, what I wrote.
1: <laughs> okay. Who wants to guess? Um, do you guys want a hint? No hint. No hint. Okay. Not, Not yet. Okay. Not yet. Okay. Todd? All right.
4: I have Aaron Rodgers being on a mission after all the off-season stuff. will represent the NFC in the Super Bowl, and the wagons will be successfully circled in Buffalo. Bills Mafia finally gets their Lombardi Trophy Packers Bills. Okay. the Bills winning.
3: What's wrong, Paulie? I have written down Packers over Bills. Mm, you do now after Todd. Mm-hmm. I have to Bills it. over Packers, so it's not exactly All right. so. Okay.
2: All right. So uh, that's two with the Bills and the Packers in the Super Bowl. McLovin? He said on the show that he was seriously considering doing a repeat of last year's Super Bowl, even though it hasn't happened in decades. So I'm going to go with the um, Bucks and the Chiefs. Nope. Gutsy call by you, by the way. But no. Well, he said it. I thought that he was going to go with it.
1: <laughs> I thought he said that he didn't want to do that.
2: No, he said he was tempted. He no. said, I won't do it because of this, which I thought meant he will do it. Okay, Seton O'Connor. I'm going with the Rams over the Ravens. Rams, Ravens.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody has the exact matchup, but you have mentioned the two teams that will meet in the Super Bowl.
2: Yes, McClellan. I'll bet I'm right on the NFC. I'll bet he has the Bucks. What are you willing to bet? Nothing now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes. It's not the Buccaneers. The Bills. It is the Bills. There's a lot of hype on the Bills. Yes. Rams-Bills? Rams-Bills. With the Rams beating the Bills. And then you would have back-to-back Super Bowls hosted by the team in that city winning just like Tampa Bay did.
2: That's what Peter King has. Yes, McGlovin. Has there ever been a Super Bowl with two teams with shorter names than Rams Bills? I don't think so. <laughs> well,
1: why don't you why don't you try to look yeah. that up while I bring in Jalen Hurts, the uh, Eagles quarterback, joining us on the program. Now you you were at Alabama, started your career there, then you transferred to Oklahoma. If if both of those teams are playing a game on Saturday, which game are you watching? <laughs>
5: I'm flipping back and forth. You know, luckily this week, um, Alabama, I think Oklahoma played before Alabama played. So I was able to watch Oklahoma um, and then ABC, uh, Alabama came on next. So I got the best of both worlds.
1: What if Alabama played Oklahoma and both head coaches called you and wanted to have your thoughts on it?
5: Who would you call back first? Probably I, I can't put them on three way. I can't do that. <laughs> um, but I definitely I definitely I definitely talk to them both. And um, the beautiful thing about both of those schools is I, I have so much love for both of them. My mom, um, I've made great memories at both universities, um, I have a lot of respect for both coaches and what they do and what they stand for. So um, like I guess I got the best of both worlds
1: <laughs> now. Do you know about? Uh, we had Josh Jacobs on, and, uh, yeah. and I said, "I right, you got to tell me a story about Saban," and he said, "Saban's funny in practice." He said, but um, he likes to use the expression "D's nuts." <laughs> Did Coach Saban ever use the expression "D's nuts" to you?
5: Oh man, yeah, Coach Saban. <laughs> Coach Saban has his way of doing things. Um, he, he's definitely a character. He's definitely funny. Is that know?
1: a yes, Jalen? <laughs>
5: hey, he, he may use that. He may use something else. Um, <laughs> he, he has jokes though, so <laughs> it's funny. It's funny that you you bring that up because I don't know that uh, it's just funny <laughs> <laughs> and true. That's a, random, that, that's a that's a random funny thing. I feel like. <laughs>
1: What was it like, though, when you decided to leave? What was that feeling like?
5: You know, when I left Alabama, um, I wanted to leave um, the right way. You know, and I, I wanted to get my degree. I wanted to graduate. I felt that was very important for me, um, and I got that. And honestly, Coach Saban, um, we talked, and he wasn't the reason why I made the decision I made, but the fact that he was honest um, and, and, and gave me a helping hand um, with the process and stuff like that. Um, he wanted he wanted to see me succeed and shine. And um he wanted me to he encouraged me to go to the to the school with the best players. Um you know, that was Oklahoma. And considering what they had done with quarterbacks before me, Baker and Kyler, um it all worked out the way it was supposed to.
1: What did those two say to you when you reached out to Baker and Kyler?
5: They, they they just told me you know trust coach um, trust this process we have here at Oklahoma and come in and be yourself you know they they told me you know you won a lot of games you you've had a lot of success already um, and I mean, you have championships so just be yourself and everything will, will fall into place.
1: When's the last time you felt totally secure in your job as a quarterback?
5: I'm always I always feel secure um, every every day. Ren is due. I've always said that you have to, you know, take those steps every day. But that that's a that's a self-imposed thing.
1: Well, what was your reaction when the Eagles traded for Gardner Minshew?
5: A great addition to the room. Um, I mean, that, that's a decision they made, and we talked about it. So it was a great addition to the room. But you don't it's another, you don't feel it's threatened player, by it? It's another player I can lean on um, with Joe. Um, and learn from. I know Gardner has some experience playing, as Joe does, and um, it's all helpful for me.
1: Have you exchanged jerseys with anybody in the NFL?
5: In the NFL? Yeah. Um, I have with a few of my old teammates, a few friends.
1: What about rivals or the, the opposing quarterbacks? You've done that yet?
5: Not just yet. Not just yet. You know, last year they, they made a big deal about it with the um, – with the COVID virus and everything. So they had limitations on it.
1: Uh, Tell us what you're doing with uh, the uh, FedEx Air and Ground NFL Awards this year.
5: Yes, I've been working with them. Um, They're actually launching a campaign um, to encourage fans to vote weekly for FedEx uh, Air and Ground Player of the Week. Um, And FedEx has been doing this for the past 19 years. It's a great thing. Um, I say that because they're... They're donating about four thousand dollars every week to HBCUs across the country um, to, you know, let them fulfill their needs as a school. Um, and it's just a great, it's just a great thing. I'm, I'm happy to be a part of it.
1: Uh, you got your communications degree, or is that, did you minor in communications at Alabama?
5: Minored in communications, uh, major in public relations. <laughs> All right. So, what do you want to do when you grow up? I want to play football, but I think if I go back, um, well, it, it won't last forever, obviously. Um, but thought about maybe coaching or uh, being in the operations role or whatever it is, somewhere I can lead or impact the people around me.
1: Could you see yourself playing when you're 45 like Tom Brady?
5: <laughs> I mean, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know what I'm going to eat tomorrow. I don't, <laughs> I don't even know what I'm going to eat for dinner tonight.
1: <laughs> Brady is, is 20 years, 21 years older than you.
5: Yeah, that sounds about right. That's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. <laughs> He's had a great career. Uh, hey, good luck
1: this season, and uh, great to talk to you. Thanks again for joining us.
5: Thank you, sir. Nice to meet you.
1: That's Jalen Hurts. I think I got him with the D's nuts. <laughs> D's nuts is always that's the go-to with the Alabama guys because they're so, you know, worried about saying something about Coach Saban. But when Josh Jacobs, the uh, running back for the Raiders, told us that story or he validated that story when sources close to me told me that Saban likes to say that to his players it, for some reason that's that that's the funny line, the uh, D's nuts. And then of course, me being the journalist that I am, <laughs> asking Coach Saban about D's Nuts, and then he did <laughs> confirm that. Of all the questions I've asked on this show, of all the interviews that I've done, thousands of interviews, did you ever think that I would be asking Nick Saban about using that uh, the expression these Nuts?
3: And he wouldn't hang up, and he would actually return to the show yeah. months later. Yeah.
1: <laughs> How many players... So Tom Brady has is going into his twenty second season. He's uh, forty four. How many quarterbacks are younger than uh, Tom Brady, uh, as far as the number of years? So let's see. These are so he's he's uh, older than some coaches here: Sean McVay, Zach Taylor, Brandon Staley, Arthur Smith. Kevin Stefanski, Joe Judge, Nick Sirianni, Brian Flores, Kyle Shanahan, Matt LaFleur, Cliff Kingsbury, Robert Sella, and Matt Nagy. Wow. Uh, players that are younger than Brady's entire career. These are players born after Brady started his career. Trey Lance, Kyle Pitts, Penny Sewell, <laughs> and six more rookies. Uh, you know, Jalen Hurts
3: is 23, Brady is going into his 22nd year. Yeah, Paul. In a couple years, there'll be some NFL rookie going And you say, I grew up watching Tom Brady as a Buccaneer. (laughs) Not as a Patriot. As a Buccaneer. (laughs) Excuse me?
1: Uh, We'll take a break. More phone calls coming up. Best and worst of the weekend. The Dolphins make him cry. Darius Rucker. Uh, It's a good team this year. I don't have him making the playoffs, though. Check in with the uh, country star. Also, recap college football weekend, Greg McElroy will join us. He was on the call Notre Dame, Florida State. We'll take a break, 17 after the hour. Dan and the Dan, it's Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern, or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching
0: FSR or stream us live on the Peacock Act.
1: you got Panini Instant Cards celebrating the biggest sports moments on cards right after they happen, such as Draft Night Instance. Visit PaniniAmerica.net or download the Panini Direct app today. Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Dan Patrick Show.
6: Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver.
7: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: More phone calls coming up. We'll give you our best and worst of the weekend. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. He's a grown man, and his football team still makes him cry. He's Darius Rucker, the country music star. And currently headlining shows across the country. Had an opportunity to see him a week, or so, a week ago in Connecticut. Latest single, my masterpiece, climbing up the charts. How are you this morning, Darius? I'm good, Dan. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Uh, do you bet on college football? Yes. <laughs> do you bet well on college football?
8: I don't bet well on anything. No,
1: I'm awful, but I still do it. Do you, What's your uh, your worst beat, your bad beat?
8: Oh, I've gotten some bad beat. Probably the worst beat I ever got was uh It was an NBA game, and uh, you know how at the end of NBA game, like at the end when you're getting really beat down, you know you dribble the ball out, and nobody scores. Well, it was I had the, I had the under, and it was one point under, and some rookie was in the game for the Knicks, and a rookie was in the game, and he there's twelve seconds left, they're down twenty and he grabs the rebound and races
1: down the court and lays it up
8: <laughs> to go over and I'm I, it was the worst beat it was the worst beat i ever had
1: we always talk about the bad beats but do you have cuz we do get those wins where you're like and oh by the way and somebody kicks a field goal or whatever it might be yeah. uh, because i i had a bad beat i don't remember the ones that i actually did well on but there was one where chester markle was the field goal kicker for the packers all he has to do is kick a field goal against the Bears, and I cover. The <laughs> Bears block the field goal. It goes back to Chester Markle, and he runs it in for a touchdown, and I and I, I lose on that. That's a bad beat right there. <laughs> that is a bad beat. It's one of the reasons why, among the many reasons, I don't, I don't gamble anymore. I can't do Makes it. Makes
8: sense. Didn't work for me. I still, I still do it, and I still, you know, I just, I feel like, guess I got to give somebody some money because I just love to
1: do it. But do you ever bet against your your favorite team, the Dolphins? Never. I've never
8: bet against the Dolphins or the Gamecocks in my life, and I don't bet on them either, though.
1: Oh, okay. I was going to say, should you bet against them? If, if, yeah, I, yeah exactly. <laughs> if, if I gave you a guarantee, you were going to win a bet against your South Carolina Gamecocks or Miami. But everybody was going to find out that you bet against that team. Which which team would you bet against? South Carolina or Miami?
8: Ooh, good question. If I had to bet against one, I'd probably bet against the Gamecocks. Yeah, you know, probably just cuz uh we don't cover a lot sometimes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: how would how would you describe your setup at South Carolina home games?
8: Oh, I have my tailgating setup is second to none. I have a great—I got my little fenced-in area with my cockaboos and and you know our artificial grass. And we, it, I, my setup is, is is the best setup in, for tailgating in South Carolina for sure.
1: I didn't want to go into the game. I wanted to stay. I, have, I wanted to stay in the train car.
8: Yeah, we had a blast. Yeah, that's that's what a party is. Yeah,
1: and and it, the train car is big enough to entertain. And then there's an outdoor area there as well. I mean, you know. I'm, yeah, it's, it's I mean, party. I mean, I'm letting the Danettes know they're not going to be invited. But if they ever win, I like I could send you pictures next time. Yeah, I, I was about to say,
8: you can come and send pictures to them and yeah. they'll be OK. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: When's the first time you noticed the Dolphins? Like what happened where you I went? That's my team now. I was five years
8: old and the Dolphins were playing the Cowboys in the Super Bowl. And my family, all my whole family was over to watch the game. And I remember being five years old and going around and asking everybody who they were rooting for and everybody was rooting for the Cowboys. I mean, everybody. And so I decided that day that uh, I was going to root for the Dolphins. And I did in the Super Bowl and they lost. I remember, you know, being a little kid, probably shouldn't have still been awake, but they lost so I cried. And then the next year I started playing Pop Warner football and, you know, the Dolphins went undefeated. So it was really easy to be. I'll be a fan. And I've been a fan ever since. So that was five.
1: And, but do they still make you cry? No, after that
8: uh, one in fifteen season, I stopped crying. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. No more crying after that season. Are you all in on Tua? Yeah, uh, yes. Wait I, if a Flores, minute. If, if, Wait
1: a if minute. Flores is in. I'm in. <laughs> but if you could get Deshaun Watson,
8: I like Deshaun. Um, we don't know what we're gonna get with Deshaun, you know. But I, I think he's a great player. But uh. I'm with whatever Flores, whatever Flores wants to do of it.
1: Are you singing the national anthem anytime soon? Yes, at at the home opener. I am. Oh, so wait, you're going to be in New York on Saturday. And then you're, oh, when did the Dolphins open up? No, they're on the road this week. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. The next weekend. How much do you rehearse a national anthem?
8: Not at all. I don't rehearse it, but I tell you one thing I do when I, when I, when I'm about to do it, I'm, Before I go on, I'm making sure I'm in the right key. I'm like, the whole time I'm going, oh, say, because if you start that thing too high, you have a Carl Lewis moment. (laughs) (laughs) That would not be very good. I don't want a Carl Lewis moment. Have you had
1: one of those moments?
8: Uh, No, because I always started low enough. I started low enough, so I really haven't had one of those moments. So, I mean, that's still one of my favorite things I've ever seen on television. So, no, I don't want one of those moments.
1: What do you hear, though, when you're doing the anthem?
8: Just me singing, really. You know, that's all I want. I just hearing me sing and try not to miss the notes, and I really try not to forget
1: the words. But but you don't hear that that echo though in the stadium. You do,
8: but like stadiums now have a monitor. Most stadiums now have a monitor. Like I did it in Yankee Stadium years ago. David Wells had me come out and do it in Yankee Stadium, and they didn't have a monitor. And I usually do the anthem at probably about a minute sixteen. And that day I did it in like three minutes because I had to keep waiting for the echo to stop.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was awful. It was awful. The best anthem ever. ever was done by who? The worst one ever? The best.
8: The best ever? Uh, probably, I, I think it's the time between Kate Smith and I know uh, the Marvin Gaye one. Marvin Gaye and Whitney Houston, the two best ever.
1: Because Whitney did it at the Super Bowl in Tampa, right? And Marvin did it at the NBA
8: All Star Game, and they were both. Those are my two favorites.
1: I remember watching the Marvin Gaye one, but I was there when when uh, Whitney Houston did that one in Tampa, and and that it was it was spectacular. spectacular. It's the
8: greatest, the greatest rendition I've ever heard of, this, of it. It was amazing.
1: You're doing the uh, 9/11 show. That's going to be in New York City uh, this weekend coming up. Yes, I am. Okay. Yeah. Me what, and a bunch of other guys. What, what's happening with the the nine eleven? Uh, this is a Pier Seventeen this weekend. The anniversary of nine eleven this Saturday.
8: Yeah, I think it's a it's a it's a guitar pull. A bunch of us going to sit around and play some songs for uh, for for the folks. It's it's really to commemorate nine eleven. It's you know it's that that day will always live. In, our, in, in the lexicon of America. So, you know, to be a part of that, is just, I think it's really special. I think I, the lineup's incredible. It's going to be awesome.
1: You ever get intimidated with any – you said you'd love to perform with Paul McCartney, but is there anybody where you went, wow, I'm actually singing. Yeah.
8: When you, when you do a guitar pull with Chris Stapleton and he's got to sing right before you, that's awful.
1: (laughs) You know what I do? This is how much of a friend I am to Darius. I'll send him Chris Stapleton songs just to let him know that guy can sing. (laughs) I, I tell him the story though, about Chris Stapleton. Who's one of the great songwriters but didn't you have a rule with Chris Stapleton if he wrote you a song?
8: Oh, we have a rule. We have a. I have a rule with him when we write together that he can't sing the demo <laughs> because uh, <laughs> he sang the demo, to, he sang the demo, the comeback song. And so we're making the record and my, my producer's like, hey, man, I love this comeback song. And I'm like, man, I'm not really feeling that one, man. You know, I don't want to do it. He's like, man. So finally, we're, we're almost done. And. And he goes, man, why don't you want to do the comeback song? And I was like, have you heard the demo? I can't sing it like that. That guy's amazing. I can't sing it like that. <laughs> so, yeah, that's our rule. He can't sing the demo if we if we write a song.
1: Did you almost not become a singer?
8: I mean, like, yeah. What would you have I, done? I wanted to do what you do, but, you know, I, I'd probably be work, I'd probably be bartending, playing at the Windjammer on Friday night.
1: <laughs> Wait, you wanted to be a sportscaster? I went to school for that. Yeah. Broadcast journalism. No kidding. Yeah. Did you put a a resume tape together? Do you have. Oh, you- goodness. No, dude. I started doing books. I
8: was 19. I didn't have a resume tape for, I mean, once Hootie started, this is all I was going to do.
1: Oh, so then you were, you didn't do a local radio station or campus oh, radio no. station.
8: No, was just, I was just in school for it. And then Hootie started and I didn't, you know, this is the only job I've had since then.
1: Is Hootie going to come back at any time? Uh, you know, we're doing that thing in Cancun, which is
8: going to be cool. And uh, I'm sure we'll tour again sometime. Probably no time soon, but we'll tour
1: again sometime. <laughs> well, you waited, what, 25 years to, to do it again, didn't you? Or how many? Dude, it was 15 years oh, between 15. duty tours. 15. Yeah, which is crazy. That's crazy. But if we, years. who were some of the people who went backstage with you guys, Where where all of a sudden you go, oh, my God, that person knows who we are?
8: Oh, the R.E.M. guys, that was when they doing like when Mike Mills started hanging out and stuff, that freaks us out. Like to get us on to get him on stage playing, you know, Rockville or something that that freaks. It, um, it was this, this last tour. It was really cool. It was, it was a bunch of stars came backstage and everything. We were surprised, you know, we we just we still think we're just the luckiest dudes on the planet. But it's it's been really cool. That that, that tour was fun.
1: Well, you basically started your career just doing R.E.M. songs.
8: Yeah, there was one point in our set where we had like ten Orion songs.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: ten out of how many songs? Ten, ten out of, of twenty-seven. <laughs> do you have a cover song that you went this didn't go well? This isn't good.
8: Oh yeah. The first song we ever stopped playing was a uh, uh was uh The Sultan's a swing. We played that once and it didn't go well.
1: <laughs> it didn't go well. Why why did you think that you could channel the dire straits? Um we were young.
8: <laughs> <laughs> and thought we could, we couldn't. It was not very good.
1: No. Do you know we had uh, John Hall on for Hall and Oates? I oh, did. Oh, you? John Oates uh, of Hall and oh. Oates. Yeah, so we had yeah. him on last week. And oh, cool. And Fritzy sang a duet with uh, John Oates. I'll bet that was really good. Um, but he didn't sing a Hall and Oates song. What did he sing? What. Uh, Wait, you sang a Righteous Brothers song. Oh,
4: there was that. Oh, uh, you lost that love and feeling. Yeah, you lost I that love and feeling. That.
1: I know, yeah. but it was a cover, but you didn't really do a whole – that'd be like somebody saying, hey, let's do a, a duet with a Hootie and the Blowfish song, but we're we're going to do a cover. We're going to do an R.E.M. song.
8: <laughs> but no, that, I, I'm with Fritz on that one. That, that, that song, yeah, he, that that's the song. I love their version of that song, man. I'm with you, Fritzy.
4: Thank you. Because that's because John sung a lot in
8: that particular. I know. I know, I know it wasn't know. their
4: original one, but that's one of the only whole note songs I could think of where he's like the main singer of that song. Right,
1: Fritzy, give Villadaris uh, just a little bit of what you uh, gave to, to
4: my friends. <laughs> when do I call you all the time? What can I say? I don't <laughs> feel the need to give such secrets away
1: because you'll kiss. Now, no, kiss. but you don't want somebody's reaction to be laughing. No. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: Especially that laugh. Wow. Yeah. 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 that's true. Yeah. Um, that's true. yeah. Uh Abol- it sounded really good, Fritzie. Thank you. That man. he no he did. No. It's it didn't. No. It did. No, it did It it did
4: You never did. close your eyes anymore when I kiss your
1: lips. <laughs> see you're holding on now you don't want to laugh out loud i'll try not to laugh okay that was really good for it yeah you <laughs>
2: so has got my back
1: okay mclovin has a show bet for yeah. you Darius. so this okay. is for
2: the danettes all four okay, okay. we're gonna bet we want the patriots to have more wins this year than the dolphins and if the patriots do you have to host us at a football game at south carolina
1: deal well, he'll host you even if that doesn't happen.
2: You guys just said that it was going to be you, and we're going to send us pictures. We got so jealous.
1: Oh Well, that's a great setup, but now it's an official bet.
2: Yes. I
1: okay, don't know man. what Darius
2: wins if the Dolphins. Well, he'll be happy if the Dolphins beat the Patriots.
1: Exactly. I'll take that. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh So I'll uh, maybe see you on Saturday night.
8: I'll be looking for you, man.
1: Well, looking forward to it. But there might be other, like bigger country stars there. So I don't know if I'll. There, yeah,
8: <laughs> Zach Brown's going to be there. So we already got that. You know, this is going to be big. We just start there. You know, <laughs> I'm like number seven on the total <laughs> pool. Of this thing.
1: That's all right. That's all right. Yeah. You're still doing I might it. I'm going to sing. No. have to sing first. Yeah. <laughs> Who is the best celebrity singer you guys ever had?
8: Uh, Singer Don Bukowski,
1: the former Packer quarterback.
8: Yes, he sang "Let Her Cry" and he sang it the way I wrote it. It was unbelievable. And but the best musician ever. This is a, a quick story I can tell you. I get a phone call. You know, I'm really good friends with uh with Coach Carlisle, that who coached the the Pacers now used to coach the Mavericks. Yeah, he can play piano. We're playing Dallas, and he goes, "Hey man, you know, I know you're coming to play, but I, I, I play piano. Can I play with you?" And so we're like. You let them, you let people do it, but you're like, man, you know, we, we do this special this thing on I was like, what do you want to play? He's like, "Let Her Cry." We're like, "Oh my goodness," <laughs> we do this thing on "Let Her Cry." But okay, we do this piano breakdown, you know? Okay, we'll let you play, and we get there and we start playing a song, and he starts playing piano, and everybody in the band couldn't believe it. He was unbelievable. He was unbelievable, and we get to the breakdown, and he killed it. And I just, I, after the show, I was like, Coach Carlisle, you can play with us anytime you want. He's, he was unbelievably great.
1: What happens when John Daly shows up and wants to come on stage and sing? I turn to the band and go, y'all know knocking on heaven's door? Let's do
8: it. One, <laughs> two, three,
1: four. <laughs> the last time he sang it was at the Monday after the Masters, your, your charity golf tournament. He got done with the song. He walked over off stage and kissed me on the mouth. Yes. <laughs> no, no, that's yes. not good. I, I was like, I, I never want to hear this song again. <laughs> it's like John Daly just sang it. Okay. And he walked over and he just kept walking over and he grabbed my face and he kissed me on the mouth. And my son goes, does he do that every time he sings this? And I go, God, I hope not. I hope not. Um, all right. So I'll see you this weekend. Thanks again. And uh, good luck to your uh, dolphins this weekend. All right, man. I'll talk to you later. Okay, but that's uh, Darius Rucker. Time. He's got a lot of country hits, and uh, my masterpiece is uh, latest single from him. Every time they show up somewhere, you know somebody comes on stage, and John Daly only sings one song: "Knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door," and you know it's coming, and he's coming out, and he's going to sing no matter what. And uh, he actually does. He does a nice job on it, but you know, part of singing it feels like his confidence. Having the confidence to sing. Because there are a lot of singers, like Tom Waits is not a great singer, but he's a great writer and he's got confidence. Bob Dylan, probably not considered a great singer, but he's a great writer and he has confidence there. There's something about that. Willie Nelson, for a long time, was just writing songs, and then all of a sudden he started singing. Chris Stapleton, he, he, he's written, I don't know how many songs, thousands of songs it feels like. And then he started recording these songs and you go, that dude is one of the great singers that you'll hear. All right, we'll take a break. Uh, Best and worst of the weekend, we'll give you hours. More phone calls coming up. Back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, nine until noon Eastern, six to nine Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. you got Panini Instant Cards celebrating the biggest sports moments on cards right after they happen, such as Draft Night Instance. Visit PaniniAmerica.net or download the Panini Direct app today. Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Dan Patrick Show.
6: Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Mini Driver.
7: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Best and worst of the weekend. Go around the room, then we'll get to more phone calls as well. I'll start back left with Todd.
4: Best of the weekend after a career-threatening knee injury in 2018 that was supposed to have him walking in severe pain for the rest of his life. We mentioned it earlier. Florida State's quarterback Mackenzie Milton, a guest on tomorrow's show, comes into the game in the fourth quarter, leads the Seminoles to -to back-to-back scoring drives, forcing overtime. Worst of the weekend, a battle of two top five teams that I was pumped to watch. Turned out to be a dud. Clemson avoids getting shut out with a fourth quarter field goal, 10-3 loss to the Bulldogs.
2: All righty, McLovin. My best is going to be Canadian tennis player Layla Fernandez, who beat two number one seeds, including Naomi Osaka. Randomly, I haven't watched all the U.S. Open, but she's got to be five foot two, just killing it out there. Uh, My worst, I'm going to go with Todd. I was so excited for Clemson, Georgia, and I could not stay awake.
0: Seton O'Connor, Jr., the third. I have no best, only worse. Mm. Uh, and it's Weston McKenney from the U.S. men's national team who's one of the superstars there. He's one of the biggest names. He plays in Italy for Juventus. Uh, he got suspended for the World Cup qualifiers for violating COVID protocol. Mm. Uh, he may have violated a bunch of other sort of uh, teammate protocols as well. <laughs> Uh, and now he's been, he's not, he was suspended for the game they just had against Canada. And now he was already sent back to Italy. They're like, you're not going to play any for the rest of these qualifiers. Mm. And he's one of their main players. It's just, and now they've tied Canada. It's like, good grief.
3: Paulie? Uh, I got a couple. These are best. Pre- my Presbyterian Blue Hose Day, and I'm sticking with them. 84-43 over the St. Andrews Knights. The quarterback for Presbyterian, Ren Hefley. Yeah, don't sleep on him for the draft. 538 yards and 10 touchdowns. That's the coach from high school who doesn't punt. He's now coaching at Presbyterian. Hmm. And his last name's Kelly. They do not have a punter on the roster. I don't know if there's some position player who punts in an emergency situation, but they don't punt. And uh, then the other game, Youngstown State, my Penguins over Incarnate Word 44-41 in overtime. <laughs> Jaleel McLaughlin, 29 carries, 240 yards, and two touchdowns for your Penguins.
1: But well, at what point do you say we need to punt if if it's inside the ten yard line, your own ten yard line, he
3: doesn't punt. When he was in high school, he's a former high school coach. His last name's Kelly. I don't know his first name for Presbyterian Blue Hose. He made his bones and got a lot of national publicity for never punting, and he was very successful. And uh, he put up eighty four points in the first game.
1: Yeah, but still, at at there has to be a point where you go. Uh, if we go in on f- go fourth and one at our nine yard line, or do we punt it? It seems like you're going to punt it. At at what point? On the field, do you go, nah, we can't go for it on fourth, down. Yeah,
3: I'm a club. By the way, their nickname is the Blue Hose? What yes. the heck is that? The Blue Hose, like like the Red Sox. I'm guessing.
1: Isn't there Pale Hose?
3: Uh, Kevin Kelly is the name of the head coach down at Presbyterian. He doesn't like punting at all. He's anti-punting.
1: Is, is blue? Ho- are you sure
2: Blue Hose is just that you wear Blue socks? Well, no, it's H-O-S-E. So we got to figure that. Is that a does hose mean socks too? H O S E.
3: Yeah, that's what I. Their mascot is Scotty the Scotsman, uh, <laughs> and their colors are blue and garnet, and their nickname is the Blue Hose. I'm permit me a couple minutes to
0: deep dive this one. Yeah, yes, Todd.
4: <laughs> but it can't mean pantyhose. It just probably just means socks.
0: Yeah, but what do you think the hose in that part means? It's like the same thing. Socks. Yeah, socks. Yeah,
1: but you like the red socks and the white socks. Yeah, you, I
3: didn't know hose meant socks. I, but now that you say it, it does sound familiar. Uh, uh, <laughs> in the early 1900s, your blue hose—that was the nickname. Sports writers locally called the Presbyterian College athletic teams the blue stockings because of the blue, blue socks they all wore. Sometimes they used stockings or hose during the year. It, uh, is often shortened that way. And then the college said, "Hey, let's pick this up in 1982," uh, and said, uh, "Blue hose." Blue hose. Blue yeah. hose in 1954. Yes, Tom.
4: If they play Delaware, which is a more threatening—the blue hens or the blue hoes—who are you more frightened of?
1: A hen can peck a you. A hen. Yeah. Hen can peck you. Yeah. Put holes in your hose. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to get runs in your hose. Pretty much. Yeah. Yes, McLevin. They faced off in the blue
2: bonnet Bowl at one
5: time. <laughs> uh,
1: imagine if they played on Boise State's field—the blue field. That would looked like they didn't have any, uh, any uh, calves, any legs, anything below their knees. Floating. Yeah, i would be like, look at, oh my God, look at that.
0: <laughs> Everybody was really excited for that game, but ultimately it was a letdown. It was blue. <laughs> <laughs> I can't make the joke. No. <laughs> yes, yes. Sure. I know how both teams
2: got there. They flew Jet Blue. Thank you, McClough.
1: Why because are we
3: doing this? I have no idea. Hey, that's why we bring up Presbyterian.
1: <laughs> I was wondering this, and so maybe somebody can help me. That uh, the Rams over under win total with Jared Goff for a full season was, I think, 10 wins. Matthew Stafford is there, and the over under, I think, is 10 wins. Matthew Stafford with the Lions, the over under was five wins. Jared Goff with the Lions, the over under, I believe, is five wins. Just wondered supposed to be a big upgrade. Peter King's got him as the MVP this year. The Rams are going to win the Super Bowl. And like, okay. I might have been the first person to jump on the Matthew Stafford, jump on the odds for MVP. But, uh, you know, here's the thing. Vegas doesn't care about storylines. They just want to pick, you know, this is the guy. These are the odds for MVP. While we may look at Matthew Stafford as, oh, he's finally playing on a good team. Uh, Sean McVay's got a quarterback who can run all the plays and make all the throws, but Vegas doesn't care. And you got Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers, uh, top three, and pretty top-heavy there, I would think, for the MVP. But that's why I said if you could get – I think Stafford was – what were the odds how many months ago when he first got there? It felt like there were pretty long odds – or favorable odds to jump on with Matthew Stafford. I don't know what they are now, but feels like he's probably in that second wave of MVP candidates. Do you guys see any uh, Vegas odds for Matthew Stafford? Yeah, Paul.
3: Yeah, before the Rams acquired Stafford, they were 18 to 1. After the trade, they were 15 to 1.
1: Oh, to win! To win the Super Bowl. Okay, but what about Matthew Stafford for MVP? Oh, okay. I,
2: I could just tell you right now. He's I'm seeing twenty to one, and he's about seventh on the list. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, definitely in that top tier. Yeah. I'll I'll try and find out back then. Who throws for more yards? This is going
1: to sound crazy that I'm saying this. Matthew Stafford, or Jameis Winston? I, it's for some reason it popped into my head. Just crazy. And I'm going to make my Super Bowl pick probably on Thursday. A week from this Thursday. I would like to get that full week, you know, games coming up this weekend. Yes, we
2: love it. it. makes sense, that Jameis Stafford thing, because they both threw for 5,000 yards, and not many quarterbacks have ever done that. No, just, I don't but know. But I think people would take Stafford. Yes, I think they the, would. the public would take Stafford. Well, right they trust
1: Stafford with the Rams and Sean McVay, I guess, more than Winston with a New Orleans team that won't have its best wide receiver. And Taysom uh, Hill, you know, still waiting in the in the wings. There, he might be the best wide receiver too. Yeah, I know. Yeah, for for Jamus to look better, Taysom Hill has to be good.
2: I loved you guys' theory that Taysom was going to drop one on purpose to get that starting quarterback. Yeah. Out.
1: Oh, sorry. Yeah, that, that throw wasn't right on the money. All right, more phone calls coming up here. Uh, eight seven seven three DP show. What are we going to go in the uh, final hour? Total oh, it's question.
2: a doozy. You better stay in your car for this one. It's football related.
1: Oh, okay. I was going to say that usually means that you don't have one.
2: Well, when I say it's football related, I'm keeping it very general. <laughs> <laughs> All right,
1: we'll talk to Greg McElroy, the former Alabama quarterback, and he was on the call for Notre Dame and Florida State. Two hours in the books, one more to go on this Tuesday. Seaton, Paulie, Fritzie McLovin, yours truly, back after this, Dan Patrick Show.
0: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.